From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker with the best news you'll get all week. Oh, and to contact us with your news, because if it matters to you, it matters to us, just make a note of this. Email your script to nationalnews at wia.org.au and go to wia.org.au, click News in Member Area to submit your audio. And please, if you're only submitting text and no audio, never send just links and URLs, but write your story as you'd expect to hear it being read back. Now, last week, the new soon-to-be-implemented WIA email system, moving to Gmail, was said to be operating, but this little Baker Baker did not receive any emails for almost 50 hours. So if you sent the news crew an item or three and it's not been acknowledged or worse, not in this week's news, please send it again. Nationalnews at wia.org.au. Luckily, this error in rerouting to Gmail was picked up, but not until Monday. And from of all places, Germany and Ed Durant. So thanks, Ed, and just to say a huge thanks, we'll hear your weekly take on the Wyong Field Day now instead of at the end of the bulletin. Well, we're only a week away from the big one, the 62nd CCARC Field Day at Wyong. All organisation actions are running smoothly and the CCARC are looking forward to welcoming visitors to the field day as they have done every year. Remember, this year it's the Wyong weekend with one pedestrian and two mobile fox hunts and the dinner on Saturday for those who can get there earlier. At the field day itself on the Sunday, please note that you can only pay your entry fee in cash and please have the right amount ready if you can to avoid taking all the small change from the entry gate officers. In return for your $15, you will be given an armband which must be worn at all times, please. All lectures are now locked in and displayed on the website at fieldday.org.au along with all information about the Wyong weekend, including the field day itself. Here's what is happening lecture-wise. Lecture Room 1 has Richard Collins' lecture on Australian electronics industry from 9 to 9.45am. Richard will describe the collapse of the giants of the Australian electronics industry, the reasons for their failure and the way forward. Richard is followed by Ray Robinson, VK2NO, of Tube Radio from 10am to 11am and will outline the history of Tube Radios with particular emphasis on their use in the armed forces in World War II and the Korean War. Rakesh Panwar will cover space weather and its effects on modern technologies and human beings from 11 till 12. Included will be explanations of solar winds and flares, storms, coronal mass ejections and coronal holes and their effects on modern society. He will be joined by Dr Zaha Buya to explore the space weather website and its uses. The final lecture in Room 1 comes from Brian Clark, VK2 GCE, who covers transmission lines and terminations from mid day to a quarter past one. Brian provides information on the physics, legal and biological implications of using high power. He will look at safety guidelines for connecting your transmitter to its antenna. Lecture room two. In room two we start with Harry Kreischer's covering Bragg resonators and parametric amplifiers from nine to ten. 
From 10 to 11, we have the annual Week Signal Group Meetup with Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, as each year the group meets to discuss VHF, UHF activities and associated topical and emerging issues. All are welcome to attend. Our third item in Room 2 is a very special once-in-a-lifetime chance to meet Jan Socrates, VE0JS, from 11 to 11.30. Jan is the oldest person to have sailed solo, non-stop, unassisted eastbound around the world, which she completed in September 2019, and she has had ham radio with her all the way. As part of her current tour around Australia, she is eager to meet with the VK hams that she made contact with on her epic sailing journey. In another first for the Wyong Field Day, Peter Parker, VK3YE, will do a live stream called Fun with QRP from 11.30 to 12.30. The live stream from Peter in VK3 will include discussion on and demonstration of equipment and how to go about having fun with QRP. He will touch on antennas, power supplies and transceivers and then follow up with a Q&A session. So, you can see, there's going to be lots to learn at this year's Wyong Field Day. It's a tight schedule, so please make sure you are at the chosen lecture room in advance of the start time to get a good seat. As announced in last week's VK1 WIA piece, some of the lectures will be recorded for viewing afterwards. For the Central Coast ARC, the organisers of the Wyong Field Day, this has been Ed, VK2JI. Now, next Sunday, the 23rd, being the annual Wyong Field Day, to which almost everybody attends, Amateur Radio New South Wales will continue their practice of no VK2WI news service in the morning. Tim Mills told National News, in its place will be the special transmission on Saturday evening the 22nd at 7.30pm with the normal morning format. The Sunday evening of the 23rd will be the normal evening session with possibly some highlights from the field day. And remember that eagerly awaited radioactivity will go ahead on time Come rain or hail, even if another low develops off broken head. John VK4JJW here with the WIA board report for this week. First things first, are we going to have an election for the 2020-2021 year? Who knows? Well, you will very shortly because, as you know, to have an election, we need to have more candidates than there are positions available. And a little bird tells me that there have been quite a few nominations for new people received by the closing date on the last day of January. So all we need now is to... Wait and see. I'm sure the event we've all been waiting for will happen one way or another in the next few weeks. A very important item is the ACMA consultation on the 3.4 gigahertz band amateur access restrictions implementation. If you'd like more info than we have time for here, see the WIA website news item and the ACMA link there for details. This consultation closes very soon and rest assured the WIA will be responding. Also, the recently constituted ACMA Syllabus Review Panel met for the first time on January 30th. The WIA is represented by three WIA Education Team volunteers, and first cab off the rank is the Foundation Licence Syllabus Update. We'll have more on the results of that meeting in the next few weeks. And how are you going with the Future of Amateur Radio program? It's running now. Poll number one, Foundation Call Sign Structure. As a registered participant, you should have received an email detailing how to put your view forward. 
WIA members are automatically included, of course. However, if you're not a WIA member and not yet registered, fear not, for registration is still open and will be for the total duration of all the polls. Get in now so your view can be included in the first one, which has to close in another week or so. Then, shortly after, we move on to poll number two. Wonder what that will be. Stay tuned. By the way, for each poll, there's a number of options you can select from. However, if none of those is what you think should happen, then by all means, your view is very welcome. There's a section for that at the bottom of the form where it says, and I quote, Do you have any comments on the poll or suggestions for alternative solutions to this issue? And for the next poll, quoting again, Do you have any other suggestions for the next poll? Go to it. Your WIA needs your input. Well, the big one is just 11 weekends away. I'm pretty sure you already know that the WIA Annual Conference for 2020 is on in Hobart. And to register as a delegate so you can take part in all the activities starting Friday lunchtime, go to the link on the WIA website. Antarctic Gateway is the theme this year and some incredibly interesting Antarctic and radio visits and presentations have been organised over the weekend. Can't wait for this one and that reminds me... I need to register. Someone keeps telling me, do it now, don't wait until the last minute. If you're in the same boat, we'd better get our acts together, I think. Looking forward to catching up with you for the WIA's 110th AGM in Hobart, May 8 to 10. I'm John, VK4JJW, WIA Director. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi, this is Ben, VK7BEN, from the WIA Annual Conference Organising Committee with some vital statistics about Tasmania to make your stay in the most southerly state more comfortable. Average May weather for Hobart is a minimum of 6 degrees to a maximum of 15 degrees Celsius. So do what the locals do and wear layers and never forget a polar fleece jacket and a raincoat. Hi hi. For those travelling to Tassie before the conference to do some touring, there is the annual AgFest from the 7th till 9th of May held at Carrick in northern Tasmania. This is a big agricultural festival, attracting around 70,000 people with over 700 exhibitors. This is well worth a look just before the conference. For those wanting a unique experience in one of Tasmania's national parks, you have much to look forward to, with the leaves from the deciduous beach, better known as the Fagus, changing from a vibrant green to a brilliant gold and finally a rust red. This can be seen at Cradle Mountain in the north and the Lake Fenton area of Mount Field National Park in the south. By the way, don't forget to pack a radio because you can do some sneaky WWFF activations along the way. If you are into bushwalking, look out for a number of Tasmanian native orchids, including the Autumn Bird Orchid, the Parsons Band Orchid, the Mosquito Orchid and the Midge Orchid during your travels. Also in May, the short-tailed shearwaters, more commonly known as mutton bird, leave for Alaska and do their remarkable return journey to the Northern Hemisphere. Even sports fans are catered for, with the Hawthorne versus Port Adelaide match in round 10 of the AFL being held on May 23rd in Launceston. So why not extend your visit to Tasmania and watch a game of footy along the way? Bookings for the tours of the Australian Antarctic Division on Friday the 8th of May are now almost full, with only a few left. Once they are full, that's it. We're unable to get any more tours happening. So get in quick before it's too late. 
Sunday is packed with half-day options, so to ensure no one misses out, we're alternating between the Groot, Reba and Mawson's Hut Museums and either the Maritime Museum or the Islands to Ice Exhibition at the TMAG. And for those non-locals, that's the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery. For the group that does the Groot Reba Museum in the morning, they will do the other two in the afternoon and vice versa. Finally, a quick reminder about the discounts at the venue, Best Western, just remind them it's for the WIA conference. Also a reminder that anyone booking on the Spirit of Tasmania can also get discounts on fares and accommodation while on board. This is lining up to be a fantastic conference, so I look forward to seeing you in Hobart soon. 73 is from Ben of VK7 at BEN and the WIA Annual Conference Organising Committee. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. International News. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Today, we'll drop in on the USA and look at yet another case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. More tears from France, secrets and receiver building in the UK, and a ham fest in Italy. We begin this week with news of the Florence Radio Fest 2020. Just an hour's drive from Marconi's birthplace lies the Italian city of Florence, who hosts the Florence Radio Fest, which is the ham fest that attracts the most part of Italian radio amateurs from central Italy. Based on a large flea market, it is totally dedicated to amateur radio enthusiasts. So, when you want a break from the tourist attractions like the Cathedral of Santa Maria del Fiore, get to the Florence Radio Fest, which offers an exhibition area of 1,200 square metres. There'll be more than 50 exhibitors, including private individuals and professionals. The Florence Radio Fest is an event where hams can find excellent used radios, homemade antennas and brand new products to help bring your baggage limit up for your return flight to Oz. In France, the French look at a three-tier sept ham radio structure. French National Amateur Radio Society, URC, has expressed its desire for a three-licence class structure as described in sept recommendations rather than the single class available at the present time. A translation of the Union of Radio Clubs URC 2020 editorial reads, The URC has its objectives among which that of respecting the SEMP recommendations and of creating three licence classes in France. We've made proposals on how we can see we can do it. This part is to be discussed with all the associations and the administration, but the consensus is that licences and exams must change in France. In the United Kingdom, Bletchley Park, a must on any trip to the UK for radio enthusiasts, is holding another workshop with the RSGB on March 14th where you can build your own radio receiver. The Radio Society of Great Britain has invited young people and an accompanying adult if the child is under 16 to join them at the National Radio Centre at Bletchley Park for a fun and hands-on workshop where they can learn more about radio and electronics. The workshop offers a short introduction to wireless communications, radio propagation and electronic construction before moving on to the construction of a medium wave radio receiver. This will include using a printed circuit board, selecting components and soldering them in place and testing the circuit. Attendees will also be able to visit the National Radio Centre to learn more about the history of radio communications and to see a modern amateur radio station in operation. Akin to Bletchley is Bow Manor Hill in Leicester, A top-secret wartime listening station was set up at the hall. As we approach the 75th anniversary of VE Day, Victory in Europe, in May, 
the fascinating story of Bo Manor Hall's crucial role in the Second World War should also be recalled. Bow Manor Hall was the site of a vital wartime intelligence service, namely the War Office Y, Wireless Group, or WOYG. The top-secret Y Group was a part of M18 Wireless Intelligence, and Bow Manor was a highly strategic intercept station, concerned with monitoring the enemy's main channels of wireless traffic and communications. The Y Intercept Listening Service operated from 1941 to 1945, and its wartime activities were as top secret as those at the Code and Cipher School at Bletchley Park. To the USA now, the FCC Commissioner Michael O'Reilly said that the future of global spectrum use might be better served by an international body other than the ITU. He also questioned the value of World Radio Communications Conference that's held every few years to revise member nations' use of the spectrum. Speaking before a committee of the United States Senate, O'Reilly said a replacement for the ITU might be a body that resembles the G7 organisation. Its members include the United States, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan and the UK, the world's largest advanced economies. The ITU is a body contained within the United Nations. For WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Ham Radio Operational News is the contact sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. February 16-17, AWL's International DXCW Contest. CQ Worldwide SSB Contest, February 22-23. March 2-3, and 3, International DX Phone Contest, sponsored by the AWL. WIA John Moore Field Day, 2020. Weekend of 21-22 March from UTC 0100 hours on the Saturday to 0059 hours on the Sunday 22nd. March 28-29, the CQ Worldwide WPX Contest for Amateurs Worldwide to contact as many amateurs and prefixes as possible during the contest using SSB. The date for the next Harriendall Sprint will be Saturday, May 2nd, 2020, 10 hours to 11.46 UTC. From contesting to DXN through the DX window. Are you having trouble working the WIA's 9-band DXCC award? Graham joins us. The WIA Awards Committee is pleased to announce the expansion of our DXCC awards to include the 8-band DXCC award. Participants can now apply for this award when they have at least 100 confirmed QSOs on each of eight different HF bands. This additional award caters for users who may never be able to operate on 160 metres due to various constraints particularly having enough space to install a 160-metre antenna. It also fills the huge difficulty gap between the 7 and 9-band awards. The WIA Awards Program now has single-band, 3-band, 5-band, 7-band, 9-band and now 8-band DXCC awards, each with endorsements. 73 from Graham Alston, VK3GA, WIA Awards Manager. This is Dennis Johnston, VK4AE, Contest Manager for the John Moyle Memorial Field Day 2020. This is another reminder that the contest will be held on Saturday 21st of March from midnight UTC to Sunday 22nd of March midnight UTC, or 23.59 actually. This week I will discuss the effects of the devastating fires and the current floods on the contest and what you can do about it. The weather this summer has been far less than friendly with catastrophic fires in many areas and in some areas flash flooding. The question as to whether the field day should even go ahead has been heard on air. 
While at first sight it may appear to be an option to cancel the event, but there are plenty of other alternatives. Firstly, the devastation has destroyed many wonderful field day sites and access to others that haven't been destroyed is going to be tricky for some time. Secondly, the concept of a field day station is to set up and operate a station under less than ideal conditions. How about thinking locally? Why should not a club station set up a portable station at the local park or sporting ground, with appropriate approval from the authorities of course? Why should not a single operator, or a club station even, set up a portable station in the car park near the local parts supplier? Consider the advertising potential for amateur radio. I consider the potential to attract interested others is worth far more than the potential of creating a winning score in this contest. I leave you with these thoughts and look forward to see what happens. I will continue to keep the web page right up to date. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Graham and Dennis. VI two five zero Cork Australian Special Event. Members of a VK four club we haven't heard from in quite a while is returning in a flurry of sales. Cairns Amateur Radio Club will activate the call sign VI two five zero C K during May till August to commemorate the 250th anniversary of Captain James Cook sailing up the east coast of Australia from what is now Sydney to what is now Cookdown in far north Queensland. This historic trip is being replicated by the Australian Maritime Museum's replica of his ship, the Endeavour. The call sign again is VI250COK. Members of the Italian de-exhibition team are QOV from Zanzibar Island until the 18th of February using the call sign 5I5TT on CW, SSB and Ritty. On FD4 and FD8, the call sign will be 5I4ZZ. The IOT reference for Zanzibar is AF032. Look for special event station 8A17BJR between February the 19th and 21st. Activities to celebrate the 17th anniversary of the local ORARI Kutabanja radio club and will be on 80, 40 metres using CW, SSB and the digital modes. Bob W0YBS is active on K Corker Island off the coast of Belize till the 25th of February on CWFT8, Ritty and possibly some SSB on 8 to 10 metres. I heard references NA073. QSLs go via the home call W0YBS. Mateo is visiting Ghana all February until the 16th and has reactivated his 9G5GS call sign on 160 to 20 metres using mainly FT8 and SSB. QSLs go via his home call IZ4YGS. Members of the F6 KAP Radio Club are operating as E44CC from Bethlehem in Palestine till February the 17th on 160-10 metres on CW, SSB, RITI, PSK, FT4 and FT8. Be listening all month for members of the Kuwait Amateur Radio Society using the call sign 9K59NLD. The hems are marking Kuwait's National and Liberation Day. Send QSLs to 9K2RA. For VK1 WIA National News... I'm Felix, VK4FUQ in Ingham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Time now for Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Hello, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. And first up, we take a look at females in radio. And this story comes from Washington, D.C., where the FCC is marking what its chairman calls a historic appointment, welcoming the first woman to serve as its chief technology officer, coordinating with the agency's Office of Engineering and Technology and advising chairman Ajit Pai on related issues. 
Manisha Ghosh, a fellow of the IEEE, has expertise in wireless technologies, where she has overseen research both in academia and industry. The agency called the appointment historic, and the FCC chairman said he hoped she would serve as an example for young women considering careers in STEM disciplines. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, Phoenix deploys from the ISS on February 17, 2020. After deployment, it will take some trial and error before able to confirm the spacecraft's TLEs before they can comfortably predict its orbit. The more people who can help spot the spacecraft, the sooner the operations phase can officially begin. So if you think you've heard from Phoenix and you are not a member of the SatNogs network, please publish your observation on the Google form with your contact information, the lat-long location of the sighting, your waterfall file and any raw data that you have obtained from the spacecraft. And an important note, Phoenix has a frequency buddy. Phoenix will be broadcasting on the exact same frequency of 437.35 MHz as CubeSat Quarman. Both satellites follow the AX25 protocol at 9600 board with GMSK modulation, and because both CubeSats will be deployed within an hour and a half of each other, they'll be close to each other in orbit. To ensure that neither satellite will interrupt communication with each team's ground station, there'll be periods of time when Phoenix's transmitter is turned off and vice versa. Therefore, if you're listening to Phoenix and do not hear anything, this does not necessarily mean that communications have been lost with the spacecraft. And in other satellite news, Amazon begins hiring for massive satellite project. While Amazon awaits the FCC's approval of its proposed satellite-based internet service, it has already launched more than 170 job postings on its website for the venture known as Project Kuiper. Late last month, Amazon pressed for the FCC's approval so that Amazon could join the field of companies such as SpaceX and OneWeb and offer broadband service from low-Earth orbit satellites, which could bring Internet capabilities to underserved parts of the world. Meanwhile, the Washington State-based Amazon has already begun its quest to find senior electrical engineers senior communications systems engineers, embedded software engineers and others for the massive project which is envisaged as a constellation of more than 3,000 satellites. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Military, U.S. Marines taught ham radio. U.S. Marines with Information Group, 2 Marine Expeditionary Force, or 2MIG, participated in an amateur radio general licensing course as part of the group's high-frequency auxiliary initiative on base, January 27-31. An article by Corporal Stephen Campbell on DVID's hub says, The course taught by members of the Brightleaf Amateur Radio Club out of Greenville, NC, helps Marines learn the principles of high-frequency radio operations as a contingency against a peer-to-peer -peer adversary in real-world operations. Throughout the duration of the course, Marines learned ham radio frequency and propagation theory, frequency band allocation, conventional and field expedient antenna theory, in addition to ham radio operations and control. U.S. Marine Corps Colonel Jordan Walzer, commanding officer of 2MIG, created the High Frequency Auxiliary Initiative after recognizing the need for utilizing more options in the combat environment. He wanted the Marines to familiarize themselves with older technology to ensure their lethality in any situation. And finally, Special Interest Group's Summit on the Air, M1CJE Sota Mountain Goat. Congratulations to Andrew Eastland, M1CJE, 
who's achieved the accolade of Sota Mountain Goat. This is the principal award in the Summits on the Air scheme and marks passing through 1,000 activator points. He reached his mountain goat status with an activation of the UK's Black Mountain GW-SW041 in January and only started his Sota journey in 2017 and so has reached mountain goat status in less than two and a half years, which is relatively rapid. Congratulations, Andrew. That's it for this week in Worldwide Special Interest Group News. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. Now for listeners in VK2, VK4, VK6 and VK7, ahead of the local news service, it's a look at the national social scene. In VK3, Merck Tour, February 21. Friday the 21st of February, the WIA-affiliated Melbourne Electronics and Radio Club has organised a club site tour of the Airways Museum at Essendon Airport, Melbourne, which includes a presentation from Bill Eli, VK13ELY, about global navigation satellite systems. Now, this function starts at 7pm with doors opening at 6pm, entry by gold coin donation. And how about making it a small gold coin? All interested in joining the Merck team on this tour and presentation are more than welcome to attend. And for further information, contact Club President Stuart VK3SH 0411234373. The museum is located at Essendon Airport, Melbourne, at the rear of Building 44. Enter via Edgar Johnson Lane. The Melbourne Electronics and Radio Club will be conducting a number of guest speaker and tour events as part of its weekly Friday evening meetings during the year. Anybody wishing to be included in their mailing list for these events can contact the club by email. Merck meets each Friday from 7pm at Building D of the Royal Children's Hospital Travancore site. That's 50 Flemington Street in Travancore. VK2, it's the Wyong Field Day, 23rd of February. VK4, Tanham Sands Gathering, March 14. VK7, meet the voice event at Ross Recreation Centre, March the 22nd. And VK4, Redfest 2020, 18th of April, St Michael's College on the Old Torbal Point Road from 8am. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Local news on its way. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.